theme for 2014 is Freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ, subtitled The Year of the Lord's Favor, indicates that we're basing this on the year of Jubilee, uh, partly because this is Northside's 75th anniversary. We've been in existence for 75 years as a congregation, and uh, mainly because we need to think about freedoms that we have in Christ, and we're going to uh, some we don't realize, some we don't claim. Uh, this year we're going to be talking about those. Our first series that we're involved in now is called Free and Clear, God's Roadmap to Debt-Free Living. Uh, God wants us to be free. Uh, he saved us in Christ for freedom in Christ. Uh, and the Bible talks about being financially free. It talks a lot about money. Jesus talked a lot about money. He warned people that didn't have much money about the dangers of money. Uh, he, he told them materialism will get you. And he warned them a lot about that in the Bible. So uh, we took that as our first topic this year for a number of reasons. Uh, this is not a health and wealth and prosperity kind of series. Uh, in that sense, we're all rich. Uh, but this is about how we handle the blessings that God gives us. Uh, we're ready for the fourth lesson in this series. Uh, the first one was called Weird, and uh, Toby told us about how this world is different than what the Bible says. Uh, if you follow the Bible uh, financially and take its advice, you're going to be weird in this world, because what's normal is not very biblical. Uh, the second one I talked about when weird was normal. I kind of talked about the, the start of Northside and back in the, the olden days when people were a little more probably closely attuned to some of the financial principles in the Bible. Uh, last week, Toby talked about free, about how critical it is to uh, get out of debt if you're in debt. And today, uh, we're going to talk about receiving a legacy. Now, we're going to talk about a lot more than money today. Uh, I'm going to talk a lot about a lot more. In fact, we'll barely mention money today, but it's part of the legacy idea that I hope we get across today. We're going to talk about how legacy received. Uh, to start, let's remember some Old Testament history. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, nope, whoa, that's way off. Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verse 10 through 12. Uh, let me read it to you. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. All right, now that's a warning. Moses is telling the Israelites that when you get delivered into the promised land, uh, you're going to have cities that you didn't build. You're going to have vineyards that you didn't plant. You're going to have houses full of stuff that you didn't provide. It's going to be a wonderful thing. And when you get all of that from the Lord, don't forget the Lord. He said, that's going to be your temptation. This is a warning. He said, it's going to be hard to remember the Lord, but that's what you need to do. 
Uh, Leviticus chapter 25 and verse uh, Leviticus 25 and verse 10. Uh, if you're wondering why I'm stumbling around here, they're, they're having a little trouble with the PowerPoint and they've, they've got a mixture of last two weeks ago and this week and all sorts of stuff in there. I, I don't know what we've put in there, but uh, we'll roll on without it here. So I'll try to anyway. Man, there's some good pictures in there we're going to miss. All right. Uh, Moses warned the people before they went into Israel. Then in Leviticus 25 and verse 10, which we've already looked at, he talked about the year of Jubilee. Okay. So what Jesus, God had in mind was every year at Passover, he made the people remember. They sat down and talked about how they got out of Egypt. Every seven years, they had a Sabbath year where he taught them that all the land belongs to me. You got it all from me. And they made the land rest. They had to trust God to provide the, the harvest that year. And then in Leviticus 25.10, he said every 50 years, you have a really big jubilee. And you really remember. You don't plant. You, you stop. You think about what God has provided for you. And you talk about it. You celebrate all year because of what God has given you. Now, the last step in this remembering process, I think... Uh, we can read about in Psalm chapter 78, verse 3 and 4. I'll have to look that up. Psalm 78, verse 3 and 4. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from our children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. You see the process here? God says, I want you always remembering the legacy that I've given you. And not only do you remember every year and every seven years and every 50 years, you tell your children all the time. So that they continually remember. So we're going to follow that pattern. All I told you that was, we got a pattern for what I'm doing this morning. We established last year that I'm old. We talked about that. So that means I get to tell you children about what the Lord has done, about the legacy that we have. Yeah? Now, some of you may be bothered by that. Thing. Well, what's he mean? Well, if you're from mid-40s on down, you're young enough to be one of my children or grandchildren. But that's not the point. The point is we're doing what God said. Remember the legacy. Remember what we've been given. And this series... I think we mentioned it at first, is targeted specifically to the younger generation. The ones that have grown up being weird. The, the ones that have grown up with a different concept. We had a whole week about that, remember? About how we've progressed in this understanding of money and financial stewardship and all that. Those, those older than me pretty well... Learned the biblical principles and follow not everybody. The younger generation hasn't learned those. So this is really targeted at the younger generation here. Now, you may not like being targeted. I imagine this is not the most popular series that we're ever going to have at Northside. I imagine some of our younger people don't like it. Don't like being targeted. Don't like being told about the past. 
about a bunch of old people they don't even know. We probably got young people that don't like being talked to about their finances. Well, let me say as lovingly as I can, if you expect to always hear what you want to hear instead of what you need to hear, then you are under the wrong eldership and in front of the wrong pulpit. Because we want to tell you what you need to hear. And this is a biggie. This is a part that affects your blessings in life. And I believe it can also affect eternity. Yeah, now we've said a couple of times, it's not a salvation issue, but you can't serve two masters. That's serious business, Jesus said. So, 2014 is our 75th anniversary. Good time to remember, good time not to forget. All right, 38 people began Northside. We talked about that. Uh, this is a picture of the, yeah, it's up there. We're back on track. Uh, this is a picture of the building in about 1943. Uh, the, the congregation started in a basement. They built a basement first because they couldn't afford a building. When they got the money saved up, they built a building. Now, remember, those 38 people, and we've talked about this before, those 38 people were coming out of the Depression. This is 1939. The average salary in the U.S. was about $1,000 a person. Uh, they probably made less than that in the jobs that they had. And World War II was coming. But in the first few years of this congregation's existence, they bought land, they built a basement, they put a building up on it with materials used, torn down from another old building. Uh, they were very frugal, very conservative, but they got it done. Okay? Now, these eight people uh, that are in this picture, I hope we have the picture, yep, were together in 1979. These are eight of the 38. I don't think I have an earlier, I don't know if there is an earlier picture of some of our founders. Probably is somewhere. Uh, not a very good picture, but there's eight of them that were still alive 40 years after the founding. Now this next picture was taken a few years later. It's a little clearer. And uh, there's five of them there. Now uh, there were some others still alive, but these were the five that happened to be at this gathering. Uh, it's Brother Bill Mock on the far left there. And then Doris and Pete Titus in the middle. And Mamie Bethel and Brother T.A. Davis, who was one of the early preachers at Northside and one of the early elders. In fact, the first elder, I believe, one of the first elders. Okay, uh, we're talking about legacy today. Some of you people remember some of these folks. Most of you don't remember any of them. Okay? It's not just these five that have left a legacy. It's not just the 38 that have left a legacy. There have been, since that 38, there have been hundreds and hundreds of Northsiders. Okay? There have been different elders, different ministers, different deacons, different teachers, different servants. But my point, and what I want you to get, is they kept the legacy going. Okay? They built upon it. They enhanced it in many ways. They added new parts. But I want you to grasp this morning, if you can, the concept of legacy. Think of it this way. In 25 years, when Northside has its centennial, if somebody puts a picture of you up, some of you 20-somethings, 
Some of you 30-something. Some of you 40-something. If they put a picture of you up, would you be the one who left a legacy? Would you think, I'm, I'm part of the legacy that's here? You may not think of yourself that way today. It may not enter your head that you're part of the legacy, but in a few years, will you be? And I realize there's some that won't be. Some just pass through and they're here for a temporary assignment or something and they enjoy Northside while they're here, but they're not really in any significant way going to be part of the legacy. But will you be? Now, to help us think through this, I've picked six distinct parts of the legacy that we've received from our ancestors. Now, just because I put a a picture of people that aren't with us anymore, that doesn't mean some of those originals aren't still around. Uh, We've got a few that go back about that far. Uh, When I showed the picture of or talked about the basement building being the first building uh, last time we talked about this, Sister Talma Clausen came up to me and said, I was in that basement. Her parents were part of the founders. She was, they were one of the two of the 38. Okay? She sat in that basement when it was just a basement. Okay? So we're blessed to have some that go back that far or almost back that far. Now, let's remember, let's think through this legacy that we've received. And this is in order. The, the number six that I picked was we've been left a legacy of facilities. Okay? If you just came to Northside last week, or you've just been a few years or, or so, you walked into a pretty nice facility. I know the roof leaks a little bit, but other than that, it, it's pretty first class, nice operation. Uh, let me ask this question. How many in this room, it's okay to raise your hand here, how many of you made a special contribution to the building funds for this building? Okay, there's probably 40, 50 hands up. Okay, the rest of you, what's that tell you? The rest of you have received a legacy. Okay, you you weren't part of that. And I know you contribute weekly and that goes to some of the building payoff and all that. But in general, you received a legacy in these facilities. This facility that we're in now is the sixth building program over those 75 years. Okay? So every 10 years or so, this congregation has updated or expanded or completely rebuilt facilities. Uh, This picture that you see here is actually the fifth in the series of building programs. If you look real close, you notice that you guys sitting over here and you guys sitting over here aren't there. Okay? You wouldn't fit. Okay? There used to be a wall right there. Used to be all right down that maroon line there. Okay? And the, the facilities over there weren't as big. Okay? Uh, this building was built in 1996, uh, the, that you see in the picture, and it had to be expanded. Okay? We grew quickly. Now, the picture that you see here was quite a step up for Northside, a vast change from the facility over on 20th and Jackson. Now, let me tell you what about this. A lot of people who contributed to this facility, the one you see in the picture, a lot of those who committed to build this place 
were folks who had built either one or all of the previous building programs. Okay? They had built their facility. But we came to a time when that facility wasn't enough. We needed more. And let me ask you this question. Those that had built one or all of the first four, why would they give a dollar to build this place? They they weren't going to live to see it, maybe. They weren't going to live to see it expand for sure. And I was thinking about this. I thought about old Brother Clark, Brother Vaughn Clark. Brother Vaughn was a hard old worker now. Anytime I mentioned work, anytime I talked about work in the Bible and the work ethic and what God expected us to do, he'd sit there and nod his head. And then he'd come up after and shake hands with me with that old gnarled hand. And he'd tell me, these kids today don't know how to work. They don't know anything about work. And he was old when it came time to build his building. He had helped build some of the first four. He didn't think you kids knew anything about working. Why would he give a dollar to build another facility? He believed in a legacy. He believed in what was being provided. He believed these teens, although he'd never see you, he believed you deserved a place where you could be part of the family of God and fellowship and learn and do all the things that we do here at North. He believed in that. He believed in building a legacy, leaving a legacy. Facility is one. Number five, next up the ladder, is a heart for service. We've been given a legacy of a heart for service. Northside has thrived on volunteers. Some churches have big staffs because the staff drives things and does everything. And Northside has a very small staff ratio, very low number of staff members, because all of you do so much. Now, why do you think that is? Where do you think that idea came from? You think five years ago we sat down and thought, well, we need members to volunteer and do a whole lot of stuff. No, that's just the legacy here. That's just the way it is. That's the way it started. Some churches you can walk into and they expect you just to walk in and sit down and be entertained and be sure and put your money in the plate to fund everything. At Northside, when you walk in the door, you're expected to serve. You're expected to get involved. In class today, you were given involvement survey. What do you want to do? Here's all the things there are to do. Be a part of it. Be a part of this heart for service and, and help build the legacy for the next generation. Let me illustrate. How many of you enjoy family camp? Hundreds of you. Probably six, seven, six hundred of you have been to family camp one time or another. You enjoy it. This year is number 30, family camp. 30th year. Now, why do you get to go enjoy family camp? If you just came this year, you're going to get to go and enjoy family camp. Why? Well, because it's part of the legacy of service. 
1985, one person had an idea. I don't even remember who that person was. And the idea was, those silly teens get to go have a week of fun every summer, and they come back on a spiritual high, and they love it. And all. Why don't adults do that? Somebody dreamed up the idea of family camp. This gang that you see in the picture, kind of a motley crew, but that was it. That was the first family camp. Yeah, about 50 or so. The second year, we did it again. Somebody said that was worth doing. So let's volunteer and do it again. Yeah. Now, over the years, we've had different directors and different teachers and different talent and all sorts of different things. An untold number of servants makes it possible. Do you understand? At the start, if somebody would have said, that's too much work, let's not do that. Or the second year. Somebody would have said, man, that, that was tough. Uh, let, let, let's not do that again. But enough people, enough volunteers, enough servants said, no, let's do that again. I'll participate. I'll help. I'll be part of it. Yeah, that it just keeps going on and on. Yeah, that's the way legacies get built, folks. Doesn't mean every good, every new idea is a great idea, but some of them are. The women's conference—I don't know how many years that'll go, but it's up to number eight now. This eight, okay, number eight. Somebody had an idea. Hundreds of people have volunteered over the years. It just goes on. Titus 2 women. Why is there a Titus 2 women program at Northside right now? An official Titus 2 program. I'll tell you why. Because some of the older women that started it were trained by Titus 2 women. Before there was a Titus 2 women program. But some of those pictures, some of them, those women in the, that picture of founders were Titus 2 women. They trained young women. That's part of the legacy. And on and on it goes. Number four, we have been given a legacy of an example of financial stewardship. Let me say it this way. Northside leadership has always been weird. You're at the first sermon, you get it. Okay? Northside leadership has always been biblically based financially. Budgeting, borrowing, spending, fairly conservative, fairly frugal. Doesn't mean they never stepped out on faith, but they never jumped off the cliff on, on crazy ideas or, or guesstimates of fantastic growth or something. Let me give you an example. Do you remember this big thermometer? How many of you remember the big thermometer? Sat outside that door there. Okay. We built this building. We went a few years. More and more people came. It got fuller and fuller. We had went to two services. We were squeezed for space. We needed to expand. Now, a certain kind of leadership could have said, oh, man, let's really expand. Let's build something amazing. Let's go borrow the money. We got good credit. We can borrow it. Let's go way in debt because all those new people that are going to come, they'll help pay for it. A lot of churches do that, folks. A lot of churches operate that way. Our leadership put a thermometer out there and said, here's the limit. When we get this much money in hand, 
When you're this committed to a new place, we'll start the new place. Yeah, that's a whole different way of thinking. Yeah. That kind of financial stewardship has characterized Northside over the years. We've been given that legacy. Number three, we've been given a legacy of a sense of stability. I don't know how many of you have been to other churches, other congregations. There's, there's some you can just sense have a stability about them. And some that aren't. Some that are always going one direction or another or dividing or splitting or doing something. Uh, we've been given a legacy of a sense of stability. These men were elders when I was a youngster like some of you guys. When I was a kid, these five men were elders. Uh, some of you recognize them and know them. Uh, Brother Pete Titus on the far left, Brother Hoyt Mock, Brother Gene Hancock, Brother Fletcher Bethel, and Brother Frank, Frank Claypool. All right. Those men had a sense of stability about them. Now, we've had 25 elders in 75 years. Okay? The last three that we installed were number 23, 24, and 25 in 75 years. Okay? Uh, but it's not just the length of service. It's the, the kind of men that have been elders at Northside, have been leaders. Uh, when I say a sense of stability, I, I maybe can't define it, but these are solid men. They were sober-minded men. See, one reason we've had that kind is because we've followed the Bible when picking elders but And the Bible says they're supposed to be sober-minded. They aren't supposed to be flighty. They aren't supposed to be clowns. They aren't supposed to be the life of the party necessarily. Doesn't mean they can't have a sense of humor, but they've got to have a sense of seriousness about them. Okay? That's what the Bible says. And we've been blessed with the legacy of that at Northside. Number two, we've been blessed with an insistence on truth being taught. We have a legacy that truth needs to be taught. Whether it's in a class, whether it's in a sermon, whether it's a guest speaker that we invite, whether it's the material that's handed out, whether it's a study group in a home somewhere, whatever it is, truth needs to be taught. And those of you that have been here forever may think, well, that's what church is supposed to be. A lot of churches that didn't this high a priority. A lot of churches don't have that legacy that Northside has. Now, I know elders are ultimately responsible for, for feeding the flock, but I think it's more than that. Uh, at Northside, I've seen the body itself insist on the truth being taught. Okay? There, there have been a few times in my tenure that someone out there in the audience has got the idea, decides that I'm off base on something. Now, I'm often off base on things. But if they think I'm off base biblically, they'll come and talk to me about it. Okay? They'll come and say, I don't understand where you're getting that for sure. I think, uh, let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, Northside has a legacy... Uh, we want to cut it straight. Coming on Sunday nights, you'd know what that means. 
It means we want the word rightly divided. We want the truth taught. And I've seen the body insist on that. This legacy of truth. Uh, let me just say this. The north side pulpit, whether it's the little one that came from the old, old building or this beautiful handcrafted one that we have now, the north side pulpit, I know it's just a piece of wood, but think of it this way. The north side pulpit carries with it a very special responsibility. It's part of this legacy. Whoever fills this pulpit has a heavy responsibility. Northside has a legacy of the truth being taught. Now, let me say this about truth. Some of you, I bet if you were trying to fill in your blanks there, thought, okay, truth has got to be in there. In fact, it's going to be number one. Let me tell you why I didn't put truth number one. And I understand why a lot of people would think it would be number one. Here's why it's only two. Uh, you can teach truth. You can teach truth and do it in a hateful way. You can teach truth and be contentious about it. You can be on the side of truth and be divisive. You can teach truth and come off as a superior being that... Everybody else has to be under you. Something else is essential. And that's why I put it number one. A spirit of unity. We are to teach the truth in love. We're to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. You can pick good elders. You can hire good preachers. But unity is maintained out there. Unity is maintained by individual body members pursuing unity. Okay? You've got to be serious about it. You've got to think about it. And some people don't. Okay? At Northside, we have a legacy of people thinking about it, of pursuing it, of helping teach other people about it. It comes from individual members pursuing unity, denying self, watching their tongue, wanting the best for the body. That's where unity comes from. Oh, I realize if somebody becomes openly divisive and all that, yes, the elders step in and handle that and that's the way it's supposed to work and all that. But a sense of unity pervades Northside. It always has. Almost always has. And hopefully it always will. Let me illustrate. This group in the early 60s in this picture had a spirit of unity. They got along. There's a church picnic over, over at the park. Now, in that group, there's some diverse personalities. There's some different ideas about things and how to do things and what ought to be the top priority and how the church ought to do this or that. In this group, there's some odd characters. Okay? we still got some odd characters. Okay? Well, in this group, there's some kooky doctrinal ideas. In this group, there's some kooky doctrinal ideas because that's the way people work. Okay? But these people got along. They had a sense of unity. 
I want you to understand that. One old brother, he's not in this picture, but one old brother I remember from my childhood, he was, he was most famous for his prayers. He could forevermore pray. The emphasis on the forevermore. Okay? Now, when old brother Blackstone got up to pray, when the song leader said, now brother Blackstone, come lead us in prayer, the youth group of one accord, everybody in the youth group went, We marked her down, and we timed him. I can tell you his record. The record was somewhere around seven minutes. That was his shortest one ever. Okay. Brother Blackstone could pray now, but he had one odd idea, I remember. He, he fervently believed... And this was in the 60s when JFK said we were going to go to the moon. Remember that? Okay. Brother Blackstone took the verse that said God has set limits on mankind. And he said we will never get to the moon. Okay. God has set limits. We're not supposed to go to the moon. He fervently believed that. And told people that. Until July 20th, 1969. He had to change his idea then. But the point is, he had that idea. Nobody else believed that particularly. Yeah, but we got along. It was okay. He could think that if he wanted. It wasn't hurting anything. And he'd be either proved right or wrong in a few years. Okay. Old Brother Overby, one of the founding members, he had some odd ideas about things. Jess was kind of a character. One of his ideas that I know that probably nobody else knows Back in the 60s and thereabouts in Wichita, not many restaurants served beer. Okay? Only a few had a license to do that, and not many of them did serve beer. Uh, Doc's Steakhouse was one that did serve beer. Okay? Uh, my parents and some other couples ate out periodically at Doc's Steakhouse on Sunday afternoon, Sunday noon. Okay? Old Brother Overby lived right across the street from Doc's Steakhouse. Okay, He came and told my parents they should never do that. They, they shouldn't go in dock. That wasn't a good example. Okay, Christians shouldn't go there. Okay, Now, we still went to lunch at docks. I don't think Dad took it flippantly. He didn't just say, oh, yes, you're goofy. Don't, don't tell me that kind of stuff. He took it seriously. If there would have been enough people that thought that, if it was really a matter of conscience, or if Jess would have been in any way tempted to sin because of that, we'd have never gone to docks again. But my point is, all that got thought through. In our house, at least, it got thought through. And as far as I know, Brother Jess never told anybody else what he thought. You see the point? We had a lot of different ideas. We still do have a lot of different positions and thoughts on things. But the unity of the body, 1 Corinthians 1.10, is all important. And Northside has been blessed with that legacy that we always have a sense of unity. All right, we have a special heritage at Northside. We've been given a legacy of facilities and a sense of service and financial stewardship and stability and truth and a sense of unity. 
Why am I telling you all this? Why am I telling you 20s and 30s and 40s about this? It may not be very interesting to you. I don't know. I'm telling you because you've received a legacy. That's the legacy you've received. And you're contributing to a legacy. You may not think of it, but you are contributing to a legacy. And soon it's going to be your responsibility to tell the children. That's the way it works. Let me illustrate. This picture was taken seven years ago. Just seven years ago. It's on the 50th anniversary of my dad's coming to preach here in 1957. So it's in 2007 and we had a party. And these were some of the folks at the party who had been here in 1957. So we got them together for a picture. Let me point this out. There are 20 people in this picture taken seven years ago. Seven of them are no longer with us. 35% are gone in seven years. The circle of life spins pretty quickly. 75 years seems like a long time, but it went pretty quickly. Soon it will be your turn. I close with the same question that I did in my last lesson. What will this group do? For 75 years, we've had this legacy building. We've been given it by those who went before us. So what's this group going to do? What's your, what's your legacy going to be? Will you contribute to that list of six? You don't have to. You can go another way. We have our choice. Will you contribute to the legacy we've been given and enhance it and add things to it? Or will you go another way? Next week, Toby's going to return and tell us about leaving a legacy. The lesson is yours. If you're here this morning and need to respond to the Lord's invitation, we'd be happy to assist you in anything you need, prayers, or baptism, whatever's on your heart. Let's stand and sing. Come if you need to.